Hello and welcome. This is the 13th episode of the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Ama Grigic, and today I have a very special guest from Ball.com. Uh, he is Manofis. He is IT director for the retail platform. Did yeah. I say that correctly? Yeah, you did, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. IT director at Ball.com and focusing on the retail platform, so on the marketplace. Okay, so um, could you tell me a little bit about your uh, background and how you got to uh, Ball.com? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, well, I'm I'm an IT person. I mean, that's that's I think is clear. Yeah. Uh, I joined Ball.com about eight years ago, or over eight years ago, when when Ball.com was uh, was way smaller, about two hundred persons. Now we're with one thousand five hundred. And kind of the reason I joined was uh, well because I uh, I was really into IT, and if you're into IT, then you want to work at a company where IT is basically the core of the business. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to join a tech company. And via via, I got in touch with uh, with Ball.com, and that's that's how I ended up there. Mm. And if 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 you look at my background, I mean, I've always worked in IT before uh, joining Ball.com. So I've studied business informatics. Um, key reasons really that I've I liked computers, but I didn't really know what to do. And I, so I, you know, I just got started, and uh, was never a bad choice. And after that, I've done a bit of programming. Uh, Oracle at that time. So, uh, Oracle, okay. Yep, the old days. <laughs> and um, but soon I found out I was way better in uh, trying to figure out what uh, actually what problems we wanted to solve or what uh, what challenge the business needed to be, uh, yeah, to be to be picked up or to be solved. And uh, so I, you know, I spent a few years as a uh, as an ERP consultant, and then moved to uh, to the largest biotech uh, as an IT manager doing IT project management, uh, got introduced into e-business and e-commerce over there. And yeah, and in 2010, I ended up at uh, Ball.com and that's where, where I've been ever since. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you started uh, at Ball.com as, uh, a, in a different role, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was that transition like? So how did you start out uh, in at Ball.com and how did you get to where you are right now? So... Um, what, what what's the difference b- between what you did before and what you do now? Yeah, yeah. So I <coughs> actually when I uh, when I got in when I joined Ball.com, I you know I I was asked to uh, basically to replace one of the legacy systems we had, mm-hmm. which is a system called the uh, the local product database, and it was one of the monoliths. We had a few of those. We had a couple of monoliths, so we didn't really have a uh, service-oriented architecture ba- back then. And you no, know, I was asked to to find a group of people both internal but also recruit some uh, recruit a team find a team build up a team to uh, to replace that well that thing so to say mm. uh, that old solution via you know by via by a uh, yeah by a set of new services and that was actually the first year and uh, the key reason to do that was that you know at that time bolletcom had the uh, ambition to grow much faster than they'd ever done before Okay, and that's still the ambition. Uh, but back then we were, you know, we were way smaller. We we were not selling into that many categories yet, um, and we had the ambition to uh, you know to to accelerate our growth by introducing or, yeah, new shops uh, by by entering new markets by selling new products. And the LPDB didn't really support that. You know, it was it was legacy. It was difficult to maintain, difficult to scale, and we could, you know took an awful lot of time, from a, especially from a technical perspective, to add uh, or to introduce new category. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could do better. So you know, we find I found a group of people, and we uh, we basically started working and started building a, you know a group a set of services. And I was you can call it the project manager or the program manager. Okay. 
And after a year or so, we, uh, we, so sometime during 2011, summer 2011, we were, uh, you know, we we're good on track. We were moving forward. We were actually launching, uh, you know, launching new services. We were migrating uh, to the new set setup, and Balticom was still growing. And yeah, Yuri, my 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 manager at that time, still my manager by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he asked me if I wanted to uh, yeah to start leading the software development organization and cool, which was uh, a kind of different role, uh, but with similar ambitions. I mean, we had nine Scrum teams uh, back then. Uh, some of the teams focusing on the web shop, on the front end, uh, and, on, and on the web shop. A couple of teams in the logistical area. A couple of teams in the pricing, master data area, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I came from, um, yeah. In order to, uh, you know, to 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 well, also to take that uh, that uh, team, that group, that department to the next level. Okay. And okay. that's what I've been doing for a couple of years. Uh, so I've uh, until 2015, March 2015, and that's the moment when we kind of official we transitioned into a DevOps or our interpretation of DevOps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we changed the way how we're organized. So we're in the old days. I was responsible for. Uh, software development, together with a, you know, a large group of people, we built software in those Scrum teams. But when we were done building the software, it was kind of handed over to uh, to the operations department. They released it to the to the next environment, to the test environment, to the acceptance environment, and finally to production. Um, and you know, it was out of our hands. And well, the whole DevOps concept when it became more popular at that time. And we also thought that uh, in order to to take the next step in in accelerating our innovation growth, our innovation speed, we uh, yeah we wanted to move to teams to a setup where you know, we had teams that were not only responsible for building software but mm-hmm. also for running software. And we we went through that transition to well during 2014, 2015, yeah. and yeah, in 2015, I. Um, now we reorganized ourselves and instead of having development and operations and architecture, a three key, a three main departments, we moved to a shopping experience space or department, the retail platform space, it's the one I'm currently uh, still responsible for, and the logistical space. Okay. So if you look at this from a higher level, you have the customer focusing area and the webshop space. We have the partner focused, focused area, that's the retail platform space, and then you have logistics that is there to... Uh, make sure that we get the goods delivered on time at the right place at for the right customer. Mm. And um, for people that don't know, because uh, Bull.com is maybe not uh, as uh, well as known uh, outside of uh, Holland and uh, a part of Belgium, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you uh, yeah, what do you try to provide? So what, what what's yep. actually the, the, the business here? Yeah. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that because in, <laughs> in the Netherlands, uh, you know, uh, everybody like, knows everybody you. knows Bol.com or Bol.com. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, and uh, in Belgium we're also getting there. Um, but uh, well, Bol.com is the is the leading online retailer in the Netherlands, founded in 1999, yeah, so almost uh, yeah, well, pretty old already, and mm. uh, 30 years next year. Uh, sorry, 20 years next year, and. Uh, and, and so we started selling, basically we started selling books in the old days. We st- 
after that we started selling like like uh, related categories uh, cds dvds games then we moved into physical kind of more physical type of products uh, the, the electronics uh, the appliances and well we've we've moved on ever since and you know only recently a couple of weeks ago we also launched uh, our liquor store so we're selling wines and oh and, really and whiskey and whatever <laughs> booze yeah uh, and um and also about five or six years ago, we we you know, we, we we decided to change our strategy, uh, and you know, next to being a retailer and selling our own products, we decided to transform ourselves into a uh, like a retail platform, mm. meaning that we are you know we, we 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 basically want to connect every person who's looking for something, wants to buy something, so forth. And you know, we're trying to connect those potential customers to partners as we should call them or or other retailers or even mm. private sellers that have something to offer uh, we want to be in the middle of kind of every transaction in the netherlands and uh, and belgium we focus on the dutch and the well the dutch speaking part of the world so the bell you know the flanders uh and uh and the netherlands and we well at this moment we have about we are with about 1500 people we have our own warehouse where we only you know where we uh, manage uh, millions and millions of products um we uh we ship hundreds of thousands of products on a daily basis and those products are either ourselves or we uh, you know we also store and ship products from uh, from our from our partners mm. from the third party sellers yeah and what i was wondering uh, you mentioned the liquor store thing mm-hmm. um you're part of a bigger holding, right? So mm-hmm. you you're part with, uh, for example, Albertine, which is a, uh, a large uh, supermarket uh, chain in in the Netherlands, yep. and also uh, Hall, which is kind of the liquor. Uh, yep. How how does that? So do you kind of work together with Hall in this case yep. for the liquor uh, part? Yep. So 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 we were indeed bought at Commerce uh, was taken over or bought by by Ehold. Currently, Ehold has a back in 2012. Mm. So six years ago already, um, and they've you know as of that moment we've we've, we've collaborated on se- collaborated on several initiatives, but we've stayed relatively independent. Um, what you see happening over the last months, years, is that we you know start to pick up more initiatives together, and one of the initiatives is indeed the liquor store, okay, um, which is a what we call a plaza store or a pure marketplace type of store. Mm-hmm. So we don't you know we don't sell our own products, but we. Uh, you know, we've connected in this case about ten uh, resellers who sell their wines, uh, whiskies, uh, watergas via viable.com. And one of the leading partners uh, in, in in the liquor store is uh, is Gallenhal, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So you're uh, basically you're doing the same thing which you do with other web shops as well, and uh, selling it through your platform. That's yeah. uh, basically it, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I was wondering about that. Uh, so, you provide goods from your own uh, warehouses, mm-hmm. but you also uh, kind of can you say it's kind of a resale construction that you uh, sell the goods f- from other web shops as well? Yeah, it's, it's so it's not it's more like a commission based model. Okay. So if you think about you know if if we would sell our own products, it means that we have bought those products, we have. You know, we we well we store those and we ship those and there's a margin. Huh? So that's that's the margin between the price we've paid to procure the product mm-hmm. and the price our customers have paid. If you look at the uh, if you look at the marketplace type solution, it's it's commission based model. So we offer a service and the service is you know we sell your product, yeah, selling via ball.com or we have a service called delivery via ball.com. And 
you know, the, the seller uh, and lists his products or sh- you know, get, gets the opportunity to list his product at ball.com within, you know, within the same structure. Uh, and, and, you know, if the, pro- if, the, if the product is bought by a customer, then, uh, you know, the, cust- they, sorry, the seller is, is informed, he or she, uh, the seller ships the product to the end customer, we collect the money, and then we, uh, you know, we, pay the, uh, we pay the seller, the reseller, with a uh, minus the commission fee. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the, you know, that's so we have basically have the two models. So either the seller ships the products him, you know, himself, or the seller gets the opportunity to ship or to store their products within our warehouse, so they can benefit from all the options we have, uh, from all the delivery options we have. Yeah, because they don't have to do, uh, do the whole, um, the whole delivery part, then, right? No, they have to deliver, of course, the goods to our warehouse. Yeah, but we take course. care of the whole, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the whole shipping the process. The, the, yeah, exactly. The last mile, the last chain. Uh, so then you can benefit from Sunday delivery, evening delivery, uh, same day delivery, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, how does it work when, uh, for example, a retailer wants to connect with your platform and uh, sell their goods on on your platform? Do they have like a uh, do you have like an API that they uh, send the the products to, or is that mm-hmm. something that they really just put in themselves? I I can imagine you don't do that manually because yeah. it's uh, it could be a lot. Yeah, yeah. So 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 we have about twenty thousand sellers. Some are really really small companies, you mm-hmm. know, even one person type of companies, or very large companies, you know, like like uh, maybe BCC and. Um, so it it really depends on on the seller what type of yeah basically what type of interface they they prefer to have with Wallet.com. Yeah. So indeed we offer an API or a set of APIs actually to our sellers, uh, but we also offer a uh, yeah a kind of a backend type of solution, uh, the seller platform we call it or the seller dashboard, which is a user interface, uh, which is also which is mainly used or primarily used by the smaller by the smaller sellers, but available for everyone. Um, and what how it works is that now, if you want to become a partner at Ball.com, you need to register yourself. So you need a KVK, Chamber of Commerce number. Mm-hmm. We do some checks up front. Uh, but at the moment you're registered as a seller, then you can start uh, uploading your products and your basically your offers. And the offer is the, you know, the, the, the price you'd like to sell the product for and the, you know, the, the delivery, the delivery uh, characteristics, delivery times, etc. And that can be done as, as said via the API, via screens. Uh, we even, I think, we still have like a CC type of uh, type or Excel based <laughs> type of interface. Um, and and, and it, it, you really need to have multiple ways to interface with Ball.com simply because of the maturity and the difference in you know, well, the differences in technology that the sellers have uh, yeah. have available. Yeah. Not everybody has like a, just a Magento web shop and that's no, it, no, right? No, some uh, well, some don't even have a web shop. Uh, they just, you know, they sell their products in, maybe in a physical store, uh, antfireball.com. Some have a very advanced web shop that they, uh, and they prefer to connect via an API. There are also intermediate parties, so intermediaries, who, uh, who offer a service. You know, they kind of are in the middle between ball.com and the uh, endo sellers. So they give some additional, uh, they provide some, some additional services. So we have, you know, you can pretty much what you can think of is, uh, is happening. And, mm. and, you know, and it's our challenge to, you know, to, to take care of the quality of the products, of the do we have the right prices? You know, is it uh, does it end up in the right category? Uh, do we provide the right insights to the to our sellers? You know, do do they know if the price is too high or maybe too low, too low uh, yeah. etc. So, yeah. yeah, and 
I, w- I want to go back to uh, to the organization in that sense. Is uh, for me, it's interesting to know. Uh, for example, if you take your, you had a like a, a vertical that was retail, or that that you are in uh, at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, how do you organize within that uh, within that vertical, for example? So, uh, do you have like uh, small teams with developers and maybe? Inter- interdisciplinary teams. Yep. Uh, so, h- how does that work? So, w- what's kind of the the real team size w- within your yep. uh, vertical? So, so if you look at the the entire department, which we call the retail platform space, so that's the IT department responsible for for the retail platform. It's uh, it's you know the, the it, it's about one hundred and people. Well, one hundred one one hundred people are persons are in there. Um, and we all work in multiple, or they all work in multiple disciplinary teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a team is about five, six, seven persons, average five, I would say. Um, and those teams are responsible for a very specific, uh, yeah, maybe subdomain or subpart of uh, of what's uh, what's within well in the retail platform. So we have teams focusing on uh, calculating the, the 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 offers, so the prices. We have teams that are busy in. Uh, getting the data, so focusing on getting the data from our sellers or teams that focus on uh, providing insights to our sellers related to to the offers they have. If you look at if you look at the setup, if you look at the department which we call space, you know three to four teams form a fleet. A fleet again is a logical group. You know, so it, is, it consists of a group of teams that logically belong to each other. So we have, for instance, the offer fleet, mm-hmm. uh, but we also have the platform operations fleet, which is more about financial operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, within the space, you have four to five fleets and all, all together, you know, they make up the space. And as if you look at the IT organization as a whole, you have uh, you have three spaces, as I said, you know, the logistical space, logistical space, the webshop space, and then the retail platform mm-hmm. space. And... Uh- that's something that came over time, of course, because you, I mean, you pretty much started probably with bigger teams uh, working on one specific thing, or was it already kind of in the plans to get that kind of organization running uh, the way you're doing it right now? Yes, yeah, so, so Bold.com moved to agile teams within IT back in 2009, so even before I joined. Uh, so Scrum. It's pretty early, yeah. It's pretty early, and uh and the key reason is that we, uh, we're, you know, that time we were struggling with a uh, with a large project, and waterfall didn't seem to work out. Mm-hmm. So we decided to take a different route. Uh, so we moved to agile, and actually we've evolved agile to where we are right now. So we moved from Scrum teams to, yeah, we could still call them Scrum teams, but more to DevOps teams. So if you look at a if you look at a team within, for instance, uh, the retail platform, you know, the team is responsible for building the software but also for figuring out what has to be built. So yeah, for analysis, Product, yeah. for building, yeah. uh, for uh, deploying, for moving into production, for running, and also to actually for the, for, you know, running also includes the monitoring part. So, you know, and, and in the end, you know, the teams are responsible to, are they, well, actually maybe on earth, to uh, yeah, to make things better for our, for our customers or for our partners. Mm. Yeah, we're not in the, in the business of making software. We're in the business of, uh, <laughs> of e-commerce. And yeah. uh, so we really want to, and we also not want to, but we also see that you know the teams are really driven by making business impact, you know, day in day out. You know, how can we make life a, you know, a bit better for our partners? Mm-hmm. And Bolt, uh, we we touched on it a little bit. Bolt.com is part of uh, Ahold or mm-hmm. Ahold, uh, however you want to to call it. Yeah. Um, we which has uh, Albert Ein. So. 
how how does working out how does working together for example with uh Albert Heijn work out for you guys so uh, in what way does it manifest itself the the, the real cooperation be- between you what what does a client uh, see of that cooperation between you to, between you two um so so if you look at uh, cooperation more from uh, sharing experiences sharing experiences and learning from each other I mean, we've been doing that ever since uh, ever since 2012 mm-hmm. um but there we still have like different organizations so we have bol.com in utrecht we have albert hein and ehold in uh, or elderhaze in uh, in zaandam um but what you see happening now is that we're you know we're, we're picking up more things together. So we just recently introduced the uh, the shared account. So if you bought a com account, you can also log on to the uh, aha.nl uh, webshop. And and there are also some yeah, some associated uh, well, it's perks. Uh, you got a you know if you, if you do that, I mean if you're our Albert Hein customer, you get the select subscription uh, uh, for free at bol.com. So we so you see that we're you know more and more we are picking things up together. Um, we share experiences. We are, as I said, a Gal and Gal example, of course. We are. Yeah. So we are trying to align more and more. And uh, yeah, I expect it will not, uh, you know, to continue in in the future. Um, but if you look back over the last eight years, I mean, we've been so busy in in growing and, and maturing and building up all that come that uh, you know it was also good that we had that focus and that we could, uh, yeah, that we could grow as fast that we uh, that we wanted to grow. Yeah, because the the cooperation with the others within the holding is more on a basis of extending the services you already have. Uh, that's that's the idea behind it, right? That's the idea behind it, and and uh, you know I think we we will see more collaborations type of collaborations in the future uh, because you know if you start thinking I mean there's so many things you could do together um, but the time has to be right and 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 we're both in uh, two uh, very competitive markets you know online food where Elder has is in or Albert Heijn is in and uh, online non-food I mean they're they're very similar but also yeah. different uh, but uh, you know the one of the similarities is that it's very competitive and that you need to Keep on innovating to, uh, well, basically to stay ahead of uh, of the competition. Yeah. yeah. So from a tech side, uh, when we look at what you've done over the last uh, eight years, um, what are some of the kind of innovations that you guys did uh, at Ball.com that uh, really, uh, yeah, stick w- stuck with you uh, throughout those years? What, what do you think uh, one of maybe one or two of those are? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we are continuously innovating. Yeah, so it's uh, so so over the eight years we've done, you know, we've done many many things. Yeah? So you know, while when I was still uh, well, when I was still responsible for the uh, for the development organization, we introduced our apps. That's already six seven years ago, <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. But it was our first step into uh, you know to transition from a web shop into uh, yeah that we also wanted to be to be out there yeah, on the on the mobile devices. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a nice uh, that's a thing I remember very well. You know, we first launched the i you know, the, the 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 iOS app, and then we moved to Android. Uh, but also, if you look at the service which we talked about, like logistics via ball.com, you know, that's a service we are we we started to offer two years ago. Again, a very nice contribution to uh, yeah to the services we offer to our partners and also help our customers. So that's uh, that's something that uh, that uh, yeah, that uh, stays. Uh, is, uh, that I remember, that I remember pretty well. Um, we have invested quite heavily in in data science type of solutions, so recommendations already years ago, uh, but also forecasting models uh, that have really taken us further. 
because with that many products on stock, you can imagine that you know a better forecast, a more accurate forecast. So on one hand, you know that we store the products that we actually should store in order mm. to don't disappoint the customers, but also to prevent having products on stock that are not sold. I mean that is really you know have and is giving us uh, giving us a lot, um, and just coping with the growth of the platform from five sellers uh, six years ago to 20,000 sellers right now with a uh, yeah with, with millions and millions of uh, of updates every day coming from our sellers i mean that that in itself is already a, a yeah, tremendous a achievement if you think about it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and what are, what were kind of the biggest challenges that you had within those growing because uh, every organization that's uh, that's scaling this fast in these uh, this many years um, always has some kind of growing pains. I, I talked to uh, Daniel Gabler from Picnic uh, the last uh, last podcast, and um, there was always some kind of challenge within scaling up this this mm-hmm. uh, these kind of organizations. So, what, what do you feel the the biggest challenge was with uh, on your end when working at Ball.com? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think uh, like a more generic challenge at Ball.com is that we have. A thousand ideas but we only have the capacity to pick up like a hundred maybe or ten yeah. and you know and, and and so the challenge is you know how do you how do you pick the right one you know how do you make sure that you uh, move forward in those areas that uh yeah that have most potential that have most value so you do start experimenting and you do start to gather feedback as soon as possible but that's not always easy yeah you know, because it's it's not always easy to experiment in a in a type of physical world and, yeah uh, um but if you look at and and and, and if you look at more, if you look at it more from a uh, from a technical perspective, uh, I mean, we transitioned from a kind of a monolith type of architecture to a service-oriented architecture. So we have hundreds and hundreds of smaller or small microservices. Yeah. yeah. So how do you keep the overview, and how do you make sure that we, uh, you know, that 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 we, you know, that all the services still somehow are aligned, yeah? highly cohesive, uh, loosely coupled. Um, and actually, that same challenge also goes up for, for more from an organizational point of view. I mean, with many, many more teams compared to uh, five, six years ago, many, many more people. How do you make sure that we, uh, you know, that we keep the good things, um, um, and, but still move much faster with the enormous amount of people that we have compared to the uh, to the old days? And also there, you see that you need to have some kind of alignment. Um, call it highly cohesive again. Um, but it has to be loosely coupled because you don't, you know, you have to minimize the number of dependencies, and that's that's really a challenge for a company like Ball.com because you know we are not on. Uh, if you look inside, I mean, we have over, you know, right now within within the retail platform space, we already have like uh, 25 teams. How do you make sure to keep on moving in the same direction? And that's that's a role that we as leadership have to play and have to help out with. But I also like the people to think about and to consider, you know, to 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 you know, they're confronted with it on a daily basis. So we, you know, we like them to speak up if they're dependent on someone and they don't mm. understand why. We have to fix it, and it's it's difficult. Yeah. And and well, we, on one hand, we are successful because you know we've gotten this far, we've grown so far, we're still growing extremely fast. So we somehow we're doing a good job, but it's it's difficult. Yeah. yeah how, how do you go about that? Because I can. In smaller companies, it's already hard to do some kind of knowledge transfer between yeah. uh, uh, departments or whatever. So how do you keep that? Uh, how do you keep that aligned? Yeah, yeah. So so what we really try to support uh, is is call it that. Well, it's called it the communities. Yeah. So in, so we have communities in internally, and a community for us is a group of people that have some kind of shared interest, and it can be uh, it can be 
Java or Kotlin or data science, or it can be even more specific like, uh, you know, Angular 6 or uh, maybe ways of working or coaching or, and, and what we started to realize over the last couple of months, years is that, you know, we need to help. We need to, to support those communities. I mean, it's not like we can, you know, we can create communities ourselves as, as, as leadership of the company. Um, but we should try to, yeah, maybe to to help them, eh? to 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 support them, to uh, uh, yeah, to give them time, for instance, or to uh, um, to you know, make space available where they can you know meet each other, to uh, to facilitate maybe sessions, to maybe arrange some funding, to get an external speaker on board, to to share his his or her experience on whatever the topic is. And I think the whole community part becomes more and more relevant if you're bigger. Yeah, because mm. things don't automatically go yeah, they by itself. Um, you, know, you need to maybe help out a bit more. But the key, the, the, what, what's really crucial is that it's not done by a leadership, but that we create the circumstances that those communities can strive, can exist, can yeah. flourish. Yeah, because it's, you know, and, and, you know we, we want to make it possible, which we don't want to, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not mandatory, of course. I mean, it, uh, that's also why yeah. communities pop up and they go down. Yeah, and it it it, it comes with small things. I was, uh, I I read a book uh, a while ago. I think it was the Culture Code, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, where they also touched on the subject about about um, physical space. So how much yep. space is between your teams? Or yep, true. Uh, so uh, what what they touched upon was uh, they had the example of Pixar, for example, mm-hmm. which may, creates. Uh, enormous big budget uh, animation movies. Yep. Um, and they were uh, acquired by Disney at one point. And yep. then uh, uh, Disney also asked them, okay, why are you so successful in working together with large teams uh, in regards to, for example, I think it was Warner Brothers or other company uh, that also does kind of uh, animation movies. Um, why are you uh, so good at it and why does it work this well? Uh, and why does it not work at, uh, for example, a different company or whatever? Mm-hmm. And they found out that, for example, they had a, a building uh, and it had multiple entry points. Mm-hmm. So it had multiple entry points at multiple uh, uh, places where people could come in. And they actually closed up all the, the entry points and just made one big kind of entry point where everybody got together because then people bump into each other they yep. get to know each other and also that kind of knowledge transfer flows uh, uh yeah more fluently than just by saying okay you need to do knowledge transfer i yep. mean true, true. That, that that doesn't that doesn't help uh, in that sense so uh, w- what i was going to ask you is uh, you have all your people in one spot or do yep. you have uh, multiple uh, locations or whatever no, we, so it's it's a good point. I mean, if yeah. you look at Ball.com, we've always had one office. Yeah? Mm. So, I mean, we've moved a couple of times because... Because of scale. Yeah, yeah. because of scale. You know, the office was, became just too small. But uh, right now we're based out of Utrecht, but we're indeed, we're in one office. Uh, and we are, you know, we're actually growing into that office. I mean, it's it's a, you know, it's a rental facility and, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, well, we have about, I think, two thirds, maybe 75% of the, uh, you know, of the entire space available in that location. And the nice thing about that, uh, you know, about that place is that there's a, there's something called, yeah, the plaza, which you know, it's the same name as our marketplace, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an area in the middle. So where you get in and it's where 
all, you know, if you want to meet with someone, you just go there. You know, it's a place where you can get coffee. It's a place where you have, you know, like little seats and desks. And uh, uh, there is, there's even an, uh, an Albert Heijn to go, like a little supermarket. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's and, cool. Uh, that's that's the you know, that's the good thing about well, one of the good things about being part of the Aold family, and um, yeah, so, so you know the example just described is also something which which we have you know which we have to uh, as a yeah as a place to uh, to get together and mm. and we also have a nice you know location uh, you know outside you know there you can go to to the terrace and to the uh, yeah to the to the grass you can sit on the grass yeah, next to the river or to the canal and yeah. the um, and I think you I mean it, it's it's you know. Uh, it's really important to, uh, yeah, to somehow to nourish the culture and to nourish the fact that it's okay to ask questions. And it's, you know, it's it's great that you reach out to other persons if you don't know or if you need help or if you're just purely interested in whatever the person is working on. And and you know, the things we're doing here are, you know, we're hosting meetups, internal meetups for ourselves or external. We uh, we have our internal hackathons. We uh, we have we have demo time. Um, we have. Um, uh, I mean, we, uh, you know, we, we, the communities come up with their own initiatives. Like, uh, I mean, we've, we we do have quite a few non-Dutch people working at uh, at Bol.com at IT. I mean, they you know, a couple of weeks ago they organized their, you know, like their international dinner. Yeah. They, mm. they all brought something from their country, you know, oh, like cool. I yeah. know a pizza from Italy, from Italy, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> really easy, <laughs> really easy. Uh, yeah, that's the one I can remember. But it's <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that was the best. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best, the pizza, the pasta, and uh, or the Greek uh, whatever. And uh, yeah. no, but it's it's just a you know it's it's a total different type of community, uh, but it helps for people to not only to. Uh, you know, to help them directly in the job, but also to feel more connected to Ball.com and to maybe feel a bit at home because that's yeah. what you need. You, know, you spend 40 hours a week at, at least at the office. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about that because uh, to me, the most important thing also always is culture and mm-hmm. how you have a culture within your company. Um, I was wondering, do you also hire for that? So does that... Uh, play a bigger part for you than uh, maybe technical skills or, or whatever. Do you look at the, that first and then after that, that look at the kind of credentials that somebody has or how, how do you do that? Yes, it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, we do hire for culture. I and mean, if the culture fit is not there, you know, he or she can, you know, the best you know, technologist or tech person you've ever seen, you know, it, it will not work out. And, and, and we've, Maybe we've learned the hard way. I don't know, but but you know, if you look at it, how we select people, we really put a lot of effort in making sure we find the right people. You mm. know, people that that are genuinely interested in building, you know, building solutions for our customers, and yeah, that think about the impact they can make, that are curious, that ask questions, that uh, speak up if they don't understand. Uh, that have kind of crazy ideas from time to time. You know, the uh, you know, we're we're on a journey. I mean, we're you know, we don't really know what we'll you know what we're gonna see how e-commerce will look like five years from now yeah so we need people that you know that think about it and uh you know they're not afraid to take to take a bit of risk uh, that enjoy data that um that really can work in teams you know because it's all yeah, about you have to be work. in a yeah so yeah. there are a lot of engineers that are perfect when they're working alone but yeah. when they work in a team it's horrible because whatever reason right yeah it it, it, it happens so that's you know so we do put a lot of effort in it uh but yeah, we should not neglect, neglect the technical components. So we also we also look at that. Yeah, we also look at also to assess where someone you know what what's the level. You know where where does someone sit? I mean, if someone says that he or she is a senior, 
yeah, could well be, uh, but we'd like to see with our own eyes. So we, uh, you know, we give uh, we give assignments. We uh, we have technical type of interviews as well. Cool. Uh, so it has to be the uh, you know the, the 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 match has to be there, uh, and we also try to make sure that at least four to five persons have an interview with the person at the same not five rounds often yeah. at the same time, uh, because we also know that you know, we try to prevent bias. It's just not always easy. Um, Doesn't uh, always work. I mean, it's no. it's really hard to to assess somebody based on uh, just a few conversations yeah. that someone yeah. has, right? Yeah. 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 I was I was thinking about an example with um, I read a book not too long ago, ago from uh, Jason Fried from Basecamp. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was also talking about how they hire as well, and yeah. they actually um, hire someone on a freelance basis. Yeah. So they hire someone for I don't know uh, I don't know what the time frame was, but a few months at least I think it was. Yeah. Um, which in 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 that time frame they will actually assess if someone is yeah. not worthy, but if if they are uh, a fit and if they are yeah. going to work within their company. Um, and if they don't, then they don't. I mean, they they will see that in that period of yeah. actually yeah. working with that person on a particular project or or whatever. So yeah. that's that's something that I uh, that's fascinating to me is actually what we usually do, and it's really weird actually when you look at it. Uh, we just get somebody, we have three or four conversations with somebody, and we already hire them. And yep. of course, they have a kind of a trial period, uh, maybe one or two months. Yep. But how much can you really assess between, within yep. those one or two months? Uh, because someone is not too up to speed and stuff like that. So yep. um, that, that, that's something that was, that, that was really striking to me is that you would actually work on a project with someone uh, and not just, okay, you have to be worked in for <laughs> a few months. And then after a few months, you kind of get like, okay, this guy is really not, or girl is not for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're always trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step in, in you know, getting the best people on board and also keeping them on board. And it's, you know, the, and those concepts are interesting because you're right. I mean, you have a couple of interviews, we, we have those tests, also some more analytical type of tests. So we really, you know, then that's, you know, and that's, that also has evolved over the years yeah. to where we are right now. It gives an indication of it. And it gives, it gives a good indication. Uh, and we also, you know, we also, you know, if, if someone leaves, uh, you know, we also look back, okay, well, you know, as of the moment, so, you know, the person started, okay, what did we already see in the interview process? What can we learn how can we adapt so you know, if you look at data driven yeah we also you know we also need and, and ex, you know learning from yeah learning for what we what has happened that's also what we need to apply for instance in recruitment and retention and not, you know that's that's really in the genes of the company and that's what i also like about it and yeah maybe uh you know maybe concept like like uh, I don't know, getting getting persons in on a contract or uh, having other ways to uh, maybe even lengthen type of interview process i mean of course we're looking into that and yeah because uh, yeah. at the end you want to i mean you want to be successful not only for bodicom but also for the candidate also the person because you know you, you want to be at the company where you feel you actually can be successful where you feel yeah. at home so if the fit is not there the match is not there it's 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 really it's successful, but it's for both parties yeah yeah, for both, yeah. yeah it's really frustrating mm-hmm. that, that's the that's the that's the thing with hiring which is yeah. which is so hard is that yeah. you don't want to frustrate yourself but also not the candidate because they will be unhappy going to work and stuff yeah. like that. That, that that doesn't work yeah. so Back to the e-commerce part, because mm-hmm. that's a hard playing field. There's a lot of competitors in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we touched on it a little bit before we started recording. Like, 
uh, other parties like Kublu, uh, Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which are actually moving into your space as well, where you're where you're operating in. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think uh, makes Bull.com different from from those other companies? Yeah, I mean, it's it's well, if you look at Bull.com, I mean, uh, at the end, we want to make life easier and more enjoy more enjoyable, as you say. It's easy in Dutch, to be honest, <laughs> for, our, <laughs> yeah. for our customers. And um, um, you know, so we really believe that uh, we can actually life, make life a bit easier and a bit better for our customers because you know they can get the product they want, uh, even if they you know, realize that there's a, like a birthday party tomorrow or that they have something that they need for school the next day or even this afternoon. And I think what we uh, what what really distinguishes from uh, all the type of companies is that you know we're we're local. I mean we're Dutch. Uh, we have a long history in the Dutch market, and we you know we we are really close to the customers. And at the same time, we also try to be and are very close to our partners. And 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 you know every day you know we try to improve ourselves. Yeah, so so we are, you know of course we measure how happy uh, our customers and our partners are with Bull.com. And we know that you know we can and we should improve in several areas. And that's what we try to do on a daily basis. Um, but if you look at where we are right now, I mean, we, you know, we, we, you know, we've done great. Um, but you know, as well as I do, that it's very easy to, you know, if you make more mistake, you know, you can just as easily go to uh, to an other company to buy or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's lit- literally one click of the button, and uh, and that's what you know. That's that's maybe a bit scary from time to time, but it also really drives us to keep on thinking: how can we make things better? And how do we do that? You know, it, so it gives us a lot of energy that, you know, you can't really relax. You, know? you, you always have to be, oh, you have to be in the moment. And uh, and if we've just talked about, you know, the, the finding the right people, that's also what you need to have. You need, you need people who can, you know, who can live with a bit of ambiguity, with the dynamics, with the, uh, but also with the, yeah, the challenge and the, you know, the fun of the, that there is a bit of uncertainty in the future. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, uh, and I, I would say from a from an outsider standpoint that the what we already touched about the the kind of cooperation with the other yep. uh, companies within the the holding is actually something that could give you the edge over yep. uh, absolutely over for example Amazon or yeah. or uh, Kublu. Well, Kublu has a different concept, of course, but if I look at it from a perspective of a client, it's more comparable to Amazon than to Kublu, right? Yeah, it, it is. It is, and uh, and but in, in, I mean, if you look at e-commerce, I mean, besides Kublu, of course, there are many, many other competitors, small, small and yep. uh, and large. Um, but you can, you know, we try to see many of those also as partners. Yeah, the, uh, you know, we have partners, sellers on our platform, like BCC, which you can also see as a competitor. Yeah, yeah. But we, uh, you know, we've we've you know we've we've reached a conclusion together that it, you know we can both benefit from uh, from uh, selling through Bull.com. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's uh, so and that's another way to look at it. And as you said, I mean, collaborating with uh, with other companies within the ale, the Haas family, and and learning from each other. So, I mean, the fact that you can pick up your your material or your products at, at your products at Albert Heijn. I mean, that's a great benefit. I mean, they're they're Albert Heijns all over the yeah, Netherlands, yeah, yeah. and you can. Also return them over there. You know, we can. The people can help you out over there, and that's you know, the, if we didn't, you know, we didn't even touch upon that. But the, the fact that we are, you know, we're online, but we're also present physically in the Netherlands, I think that also helps. You know, you yeah. see the the bull.com sign in those. Uh, in the yeah, yeah, because the, the, I've used it a few times because the the big thing here is that 
For example, Albertine is usually open until maybe 8, 9, even 10 o'clock yep. in the evening. Yeah, uh, And I don't need to wait at home for that nope. package to come. Nope. And uh, what's also a thing is that usually it comes pretty early in the, in the day. So uh, even if you are maybe done with your work at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you can still go to it and just yep. pick up your package instead of waiting maybe on... Uh, maybe at uh, at work but also maybe at home yeah uh, it's more convenient in a way that you uh, can just go and get it instead of waiting for a package delivery guy that maybe even won't come because of whatever yeah yeah that that's that's i think one of the the biggest um, the biggest kind of advantages maybe that you have over other retailers that don't have a brick and mortar kind of solution yeah and it's also the uh you know it's, it's really it's different from person to person, eh? and and, mm. and that's also what we what we know and what we realize over the years. I mean, you need to provide flexibility, and you know the the flexibility in where you want it to be delivered, when you want it to be delivered, at what time, and you know at the Howard Heide or not, at, uh, or maybe somewhere else. Uh, and that's you know I think more and more you see you know you see you see that the in general in e-commerce, I mean you see you know the, the omni-channel type solution. I mean that's what you see happening. You know, physical and uh, non-physical world. Starts, yeah, you know, it's a hybrid yeah. solution. Yeah, yeah. I talked to that about about that with Picnic as well, uh, asking them, okay, uh, what do you think? Maybe a Picnic store would also be kind of a something that they could do in the future, right? Where yeah. you could just yeah. pick up your st- stuff yeah. instead of uh, waiting for the guy to come by your house or yeah. girl by uh, by your house. So, um, what are some of the innovations that you think are going to change the e-commerce space? So. There are there are a lot of movements into the kind of voice uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. Maybe ordering through uh, just Amazon Alexa or Google Home. What do you think the innovations will be? Yeah. Well, we're also experimenting with Google with Google Home with Voice. Yeah. Um, and and. and so it will play a role. I mean, we're just not sure how yet. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone really knows how it will look like in a, in the in the future. It's still but gimmicky. That's it, that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, it, it it's a bit it's a bit gimmicky. It's not perfect yet. It's uh, but you know, but it, it, also for us, you know, also for other companies, I guess, it's good to experiment and to start just using it and to see how it can add value. And you can well imagine that. Uh, um, you know that you indeed start using it as uh, you know to build up your shopping basket. You know if you think of something, hey, I'm uh, I run out of uh, I don't know of of uh, juice, juice <laughs> or washing detergent or whatever. Yeah, you're know, or wine. Yeah? So please add it to the uh, to the baskets. You know the moment you think about it. And, you know, so so I mean we already have the graphical interface. You know we've we've, we've Website, had screens yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so we've moved to mobile, to smaller devices that you always have on you. And, and I think the next big thing will be voice. And maybe yeah, later, I don't know what will happen with smell or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, so because you know, if you order something, for some products you like to smell. I w- what was like you can't yeah. and yeah, detergent mm-hmm. for example which is a good, good yeah, detergent yeah. or uh, perfumes or yeah. uh, and um, and i think what's 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 important for for a company like ball.com is that we keep on experimenting with it and that we you know build up the experience without even knowing what the real added value will be or how it will evolve and you know in this case we've we've been doing it with uh, with google home and uh, it's the same with uh, well if you more look at look at solutions like machine learning or data science that's of course another area that will uh, yeah, that will, that has gained already a lot of momentum and will uh, yeah will will go m- much further in the future. And, yeah. Uh, and again, there we we do have quite a bit of experience. And and the challenge is also to do it on on scale again. I mean, it's everyone can create a you know like an experiment using some kind of 
nice data, you know, nice algorithm. Well, maybe from the Google Cloud Platform, TensorFlow, whatever. But the trick is that you can do it, you know, hundreds of thousands or a million times a day, you know, as part of every transaction or every request yeah. or every. Yeah, how do you scale? And how do you make sure that it's you know it's always the right algorithm? And that's the trick in, for many of those things. It's relatively easy to do it one-off or 100 products or for a thousand customers. Yeah. But how do you do it for all? And how do you do it continuously? And how do you do it in such a way that it indeed will make life better for uh, for customers? Yeah. So what are what are the kind of numbers we're talking about? Uh, for example, in a ballpark figure, what what kind of Numbers do I have to think about uh, about transactions a day, for example? Um, so if you look at the, the mag- if you look at the number of orders, you know, mm-hmm. actually orders that uh, that have we you know, sold, it's it's in the uh, it's in the area of hundreds and th- hundreds of thousands on a daily basis. If you look at uh, more from a technical perspective, at requests per second from a from a webshop point of view. It's uh, two thousand, two thousand five hundred. Uh, it will be way more if we uh, if we increase the season. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And if you do get, yeah, you know, we already talked about the number of partners. We talked about we have eight million customers in the Netherlands and Belgium. We yeah. have uh, about sixteen million unique products for sale, so you can order them right now to be delivered. Well, not only not all of them tomorrow. But, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. you know, a couple of million of those are to be delivered tomorrow, and the rest, you know, the, the next couple of days. So it's it's you know, it has become huge. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I, th- did you think that would happen? Uh, looking at it from well, you've been with the company for a pretty long time. Yeah. Uh, th- did you think it would get to this scale this quickly? No, well, if, you know, if you look back, I mean, sometimes you dreamt about numbers that you've <laughs> uh, easily made already. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. back then, as I said, you know, about two hundred persons. I would say ten times smaller if you look at the, if you look at the revenue, uh, five million, six million products maybe, and um, um, n- so if you look back, no, probably not. I mean, you dreamt about it, you thought there were opportunities, but they're always a bit scary. And what we, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and then also if you look back, I mean, you don't really realize how. how I mean, of course, we know how we evolved and how it went, but it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, it has become, it just has become big. <laughs> the, yeah. And you yeah. don't realize until someone like you asks a question about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I'm asking, is that uh, sometimes you get up, uh, actually, I forgot to ask uh, Daniel the last time he was here. Yeah. Uh, um, I asked him after the podcast, I was like, okay, but how does it feel for you to see like a picnic car driving at, on the road, right? Yeah. It's, I think, the same thing if you go into an Albertine and you see like the bull.com yeah. sign, right? Yeah. Or you see, uh, I mean, that's also still pretty impressive. I mean, sometimes you see uh, during Santa Claus or Santa Christmas, you often see pictures of a warehouse or Post and L, you know, their, their distribution centers. And if you look at the bold.com packages, you know, uh, on those, uh, you know, over there, I mean, they're, they're always there. You can immediately recognize them. So that's already signed it. You know, like, like I don't know what the percentage is. I, I have no clue. But a significant part of the shipments in that period are, bold, are from bold.com. Mm. And it's uh, really nice to see. Or if you see a truck, personnel truck unloading, you know, delivering something. You see the bold.com You see the packages. boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty like, cool because you're you're working on something that's actually physical. Yeah, it, 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 you're and working the, on the software, but yeah. actually there's a. I mean, physical all, thing. All, I mean, 
all the people that you know know Baldus.com. So that's you never have to explain, at least not in the Netherlands. <laughs> you never <laughs> you have to explain where, you know, what, what, what do we do? I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe you have to have to explain what you do, what I do. Yeah. But not, uh, yeah, cool, Baldus.com, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are you most proud of to wrap up the, the, the podcast? What are you most proud of since you uh, since you joined the Baldus.com? Yeah. Yeah. I it's a big, the, it's yeah. a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. But, but, and, and, I mean, not so long ago, I got the same question from uh, from a couple of teams uh, back at the office. And what I'm really proud of is that I've seen people coming in uh, and that have really managed to develop themselves, to grow, to uh, and to make a difference for 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 what come. And and you know, and what I really like is the fact that you know there's so many great people out there. We've we've been capable of finding those people, and not only to find them, but also to yeah, to give them the opportunity to grow and also if you look at you know i'm really proud of the team that i'm part of you know the, the retail platform space management team with a bunch of people that that you know all of them they you know they were like engineers before so they stepped into the role of becoming a manager uh, because you know we, we did see potential we, we saw you know there was a there seemed to be a match or a click and we're doing great i mean uh, and that gives me a lot of energy you know on a daily basis working with people that can make a difference can inspire you that's what i give me a lot of energy and that's what i'm proud of and uh you know and, then and scaling the to this this <laughs> amount of thing amount of people but also the the, the website i think right yeah yeah, yeah, that's and really cool. That's, that's really, really cool. And that's uh, so, and that's uh, you know, and just walking to the office on the you know every day and uh, see the plaza, get a cup of coffee with someone, and then you know, go, to, what go, to go. <laughs> go to go to to go, go to go, get a get, get a good coffee, which is uh, cheaper than how to go at the at the uh, train station. <laughs> so very yeah. cool, very cool. I would like to thank you for your time. For, thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, it was a really interesting talk from my uh, perspective. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, fun, uh, fun. Thank you, and uh, good luck with the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Um, you can find bol.com on bol.com, of course. <laughs> it's bol.com. Um, as uh, you mentioned, it's uh, mostly uh, delivering to Belgium and the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, we ship to the rest of the world as well, but you have to pay some shipping costs. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, for the listeners, uh, you can find the Bits uh, versus Bytes on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, we're on uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. And, uh, of course, you can listen to us on uh, TuneIn as well. Uh, Stitcher. Stitcher as well. <laughs> there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of platforms for, for podcasts. Um, and, of course, you can follow us on social media uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. Uh, it's all bits vs bytes and uh, I would like to thank you for joining us and until next time